wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, August 27, 2020. I am Graham Jesus Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We have an absolutely stacked show on tap for you fine folks here today, even more so than usual. And then Mr. Marceau and I have to break down AEW Dynamite from last uh, Saturday night before AEW Dynamite tonight, Raw, SummerSlam, TakeOver 30, and Wednesday's episode of NXT, in addition to our thoughts on the Thunderdome. There's a lot to get to in the span of an hour. Mr. Marceau had to get going early this week, so we'll get to that conversation momentarily. But a few things before we get going here, real quickly on the interview front, I got the chance to talk to David Arquette. Yes, the former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, esteemed actor from Scream, and so much more. He was absolutely awesome. We chatted last week about his all-new documentary, You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It's out right now via VOD. Check it out. Our exclusive interview should be up right now as you're listening to this on DailyDDT.com. So be sure to check that out. And actually a video of our interview as well. Not just the audio in video form, but literal video as we conducted the interview over Zoom last week, early on in SummerSlam week. So it was fucking cool. Could not have been a nicer guy. And you're going to be there. You're going to have the chance to see that interview, not just in audio form at some point um, in the near future, probably on the channel, but in video form as well. So stay tuned for that. I accidentally forgot to turn off my Fiend background. I was checking out like backgrounds and shit on Zoom. I'm not all that familiar with it. And I put up a random background of the Fiend making an entrance um, when I was testing out my Zoom earlier on that day with Alexis. And I forgot to turn it off when I talked to David. So <laughs> literally during the fucking interview, I have a picture of the Fiend making an entrance in the background. He thought it was cool. He's a Fiend fan, so whatever. But I thought that was funny, though. So nonetheless, um, that should be up soon. You can also find all new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday, not only on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean, wherever you find your podcast, you can find new episodes of WrestleRant Radio. With all that being said, let's welcome on Mr. Marceau at this time to talk all things TakeOver, SummerSlam, Raw, Dynamite, and NXT. In the wake of SummerSlam weekend, we are back here on WrestleRant Radio. Myself and Mr. Marceau breaking down the weekend festivities, including SummerSlam, TakeOver, Dynamite, Raw, NXT. There's so much to get to here today. I don't know if we're going to have time to break it all down. Mr. Marceau, you got to get going. You got lunch today. You got plans. But we're also coming off of SummerSlam. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. No complaints. No complaints. Coming off that SummerSlam show on Sunday, we had a great, great show. We discussed over text. One of my favorite pay-per-views. If not this just this year, definitely of the pandemic era, um, but all 2020 long, maybe even in recent years, I thoroughly enjoyed Sunday show. And then they had to follow it up with one of the most atrocious episodes of Raw I've seen in some time. And that's saying something. This show has been bad. Um, not all bad. I'm not one of those people that's going to say, oh, the show's terrible. It sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's been, you know, it's the worst that it's ever been, which may arguably be true. But as far as Raw has been lately, um, I think it's been a pretty decent show. But I thought Monday's episode was one of the all-time worst, at least in recent months, if not years. Uh, would you concur with that, RJ? Yeah, Monday's Raw was really, really bad. It was a pretty bad show, especially, again, coming off of a pay-per-view that was widely critically acclaimed. It was widely well-received. That's what doesn't make any sense to me, that we know that they can produce top-tier programming. I, like, I really, really like Sunday Show, and we'll get into all of it momentarily, but I just can't get over that. I really, I just don't understand it. Um, but like I said, we got Dynamite to talk about real quickly. We have Dynamite tonight, actually, as we speak. We're recording this on Thursday. Episode sh should be going up on Thursday, as it always does. Um, we have Dynamite tonight on TNT. NXT moving to Tuesday for one week only next week. 
I know there's at least one more week that Dynamite's going to be preempted. I think in se- definitely in September, obviously, because it's the 27th as we talk today. Um, maybe in mid-September, I forgot exactly when, but the Wednesday Night Wars has been put on hold for a couple of weeks here. It's been better for me to not sit there and watch two back-to-back shows, so I appreciate that. Um, but we're getting back-to-back nights of great wrestling between NXT last night, which was one of the better shows they've had in some time, and then Dynamite Tonight, which I'm looking forward to. But real quickly, before we go any further with the WWE stuff, Dynamite from last Saturday, a rare Saturday special from AEW, um, I thought a good show overall. And again, we won't break down the entire episode. We have bigger and you know more important things to talk about. But the ending was pretty newsworthy with Brody Lee decimating Cody Rhodes to win the AEW TNT Championship in record time. Like literal minutes that it took Brody Lee to beat Cody to claim that championship. The Dark Order um, squashing your favorite faction, RJ, the Nightmare Family, to close out the show. QT Marshall, Brandy Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Arn Anderson even took a beating. Uh, quite the ending to Dynamite had mixed opinions, a polarizing ending in some ways for some fans. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, RJ? Did it did it hit home for you? So the angle alone, I thought was really well done. It just the person that they gave it to was the per- like, wasn't the one I would give it to. Like if they did this with like Lance Archer, I think it would have been a way bigger deal, especially when he first debuted. If he faced Cody at Double or Nothing and just beat the living shit out of him, that would I think that would have been. I think fans would like that even more. The whole Dark Order that I, you can clearly tell they're just hammering this home. This is like a WWE esque like push here. They're not giving up on the Dark Order. I haven't really been a big fan of theirs. They're supposed to be like these like sinister, taking serious characters, and they most of the time, especially their job guys that they have, lose all the time. They don't really win when it matters. So I don't think you can really take them seriously. So I I haven't really loved the Brody Lee character either since he's came over to AEW. I just I think it was done well. I just don't think the right guy got the push. No, I agree to an extent. I like Brody Lee. Um, it has been inconsistent, the push that he's received since he came to AEW. Came in with a lot of fanfare. I mean, not literally, because there were no fans there that night. It was the first show of the pandemic era. Um, a lot of people are excited to see him in AEW, and as was I, and I still am. I think it's a great get for them. But, you know, they make him the leader of the Dark Order. And the Dark Order, I've been well very documented. I've, I've made this quite clear here on the show and elsewhere that they've grown on me since the whole Exalted One storyline. Um, have you been keeping up with BTE lately or no, RJ? I have not. No, I haven't seen the show in a while. I would definitely say tune in, if only for the Dark Order. And that sounds like, why would you say that? But if you watch the show, it might become more clear. Um, specifically, John Silver, the bald guy of the group. I mean, they have a couple bald guys, but the one of the losers, that's not Alan Angels. That was a part of the six-man tag team match on Saturday's show. Um, he's with Alex Reynolds. He's really... He's just amazing. If you watch the show, he's a recurring highlight, even more so than like the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or the usual characters, the usual suspects on Being the Elite. Um, he, he's become a, a highlight on that show in recent months. But nonetheless, though, I want to see them incorporate more personality onto the show. And even more even more over than that, um, the Brody Lee win, the way it was handled, I think Brody beating Cody in a straight-up match... It would have been fine. I don't know if I would have been as interested. The fact that he essentially squashed the guy is what got people talking. Um, And Cody reportedly might be taking time off to go film a show called Heels or something like that. Not the women's thing of AEW called AEW Heels. This is something separate, I think, um, that Cody is partaking in. But uh, he might be gone for a while. This was a good way to take the belt off of him. If so, I am a little surprised they did it on an episode of Dynamite and not All Out, which is literally next weekend. That was a little questionable. I would have saved that. Um, But still, I thought it was a good angle. We'll see where it goes. And I texted you this last week, RJ, that I think it's all about the aftermath. We say it literally every podcast that we do. It's all about the aftermath. If the guy guy goes on to have a very forgettable reign as champion, then all of this would have been for nothing. They had Cody run through War Horse, um, Scorpio Sky, uh, not Darby Allin. Who was the other guy? Jungle Boy, among other people. Jake Hager. Only to have him lose to Brody Lee, who's a former WWE guy, which doesn't really bother me. Um, you know, Darby Allen, in my opinion, would have been the perfect person to take the belt from Cody. But maybe he's the person to take the belt off of Brody Lee in the end. I guess we'll soon see. But I thought it was a very interesting way of uh, closing out the episode. You're probably not all that familiar with her. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but what were your thoughts as someone who's not overly familiar with her on the announcement that Thunder Rosa, the NWA World Women's Champion, will be facing Hikura Shida for the AEW Women's Championship come all out next weekend? Yeah, definitely not not knowing of her. Um, kind of had to look her up a little bit, check her 
check her work out. I, I'm definitely interested in the match. It sounds like from what I've heard and seen, she's really good. So I think that's going to be a good match. It just, I think it just shines a tough light on their women's division as a whole. They have to bring in more people from other promotions just to kind of fit the bill at this point. I mean, I know Britt Baker's coming back soon. I, I believe she's coming back at All Out, so that would be good. Um, but uh, I feel like she is kind of the only one there at this point that I mean, she's beating everyone as well, so that doesn't that always doesn't help as well. But uh, I think it's going to be a good match. I just think they need to invest in the women's division a lot more. How big of a sigh of relief did you have, or how disappointed rather were you that the Nightmare Sisters did not win the uh, Deadly Draw on Saturday? I was so mad I didn't even watch the match. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was very happy about that. I like Evelise and Diamante. I would I would assume that they're going to be signed. I would very I would find it very hard to believe that they won this tag team tournament. And they don't have tag team titles, which is for the better right now. Um, the WWE barely treats their tag team titles like anything special, so I would I think it'd be a massive mistake if AEW did the same thing. But especially with the current state that the women's division is in at the moment, as you just mentioned. But yeah, I was glad they won. Hopefully, they end up with contracts. Uh, we kind of transition now to Takeover 30 on Saturday from the NXT brand, um, airing opposite of Dynamite on Saturday night. I watched the first, I think, 30 minutes of the show on Saturday. The game ran long. I called it 6.30, baby. The show started at 6.32. Um, who was the NBA playoffs against on Saturday before Dynamite started? Uh, I don't even know. I, was I it like the Blazers t- or no? No, it wasn't the Blazers. I think it was the Nuggets and somebody else, but okay. I can't remember. Yeah, it didn't look like it was that competitive of a game. Uh, I mean, actually, it was. I thought the score was pretty close. I, I watched the final few minutes, and then I was just like, all right, where's my wrestling here? But anyway, I tuned in TakeOver Live on Saturday night. Um, another very good show. We talked about it last week. What is NXT missing right now? It is the audience. It is that electric atmosphere. After watching the Thunderdome, which we'll get into momentarily, I honestly kind of wish, and maybe I'm alone on this, that NXT should also move to the Thunderdome to get that added atmosphere. Because Full Sail, as great as it is, and I know they don't want to piss off the Full Sail partnership, whatever, um, but it just it just makes more sense to go to the Thunderdome just because of the atmosphere that show has. And I feel like as good as TakeOver 30 was, it might have been that much better had it emanated from the Thunderdome. Do you, uh, do you agree, RJ? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the Thunderdome definitely has had its... It's fault so far with, with stupid wrestling fans, which, I mean, we call this already. I would never trust a wrestling fan given that kind of opportunity. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I love TakeOver. I thought TakeOver was a good show, but they definitely was missing that live crowd atmosphere and just just the energy and the kind of atmosphere that, that they provide for NXT is what, what the show has been missing. I don't think the shows have been bad at all. I think people are just they think the shows are bad because it's not the same as it used to be, especially with the crowd which is such a big deal for NXT. So I would definitely at least entertain the idea of the Thunderdome. Like you said, they don't want to piss off Full Sail, but, I mean, it would definitely make the show more interesting. I think this the whole gloom and gloom of the Full Sail kind of setting, it just doesn't doesn't really come off in a good light. Definitely. Same with the, perform, uh, the uh, Performance Center as well. So I'm glad that at least Raw SmackDown and the pay-per-views are taking place at the Thunderdome. And again, this was a very good show, and I can't say there was a single bad match on the entire card, which really isn't much of a surprise to say, just because TakeOver rarely boasts a bad match. Um, that's very rare. So the entire show I thought was very good. Real quickly, we have Brazongo become the number one contenders to the tag team titles on the kickoff show. Finn Balor knocking off Timothy Thatcher. Damian Priest becoming the all-new NXT North American champion by knocking off Cameron Grimes, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream in a ladder match. Before we go any further, was Damian Priest, in your opinion, RJ, the right guy to go over here and become the new champion? Oh, easily. I picked him last week, so I mean, not surprised he won here. Uh, great match. Uh, but I think they did a great spot at the very end. Like I think we discussed this last week as well. I just This is one of those matches where we really wouldn't have had an issue with anyone winning. And I think they did a good job at the end, like teasing like a couple guys at one point, like, oh, God, they're going to win, and then something would someone would foil them. But I just think that at the very end of the match, they did a very good job of teasing every person basically having a chance to win and then Damian Priest went at the very end. So I'm happy with it. I think I, I, they're very big on Cameron Grimes. I'm, I've kind of warmed up to him a little bit more recently, but I just think Priest is, is more I – w- I would give him the belt to a, a Grimes at this point. 
Yeah, I agree. And if Grimes had won, I would have been fine with it. He was my pick to win last week. Not because I wanted to see him win over everyone else, but just because I thought he would. And as you mentioned, they've been pushing him quite aggressively over the last year or so since he was a part of the NXT breakout tournament last summer. Um, But I was very happy Priest won. The guy is great. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that you've really turned the corner on, RJ. There was a time six, seven months ago where you were like, I don't give a shit about Damian Priest. And now he's uh, among your favorites on the show. Is there any one thing that you attribute that to? Um, I feel like it just, not that I didn't like him per se, just they didn't give you a reason to really like him. He was just, he was in that spot of just, he was just getting beat by everyone. Guy never won a match. It's like, why would I give a shit about him? But I don't know. I think the new face character, like badass kind of won me over. I don't know. I just kind of grew on me a little bit, I guess. I feel like it was the character work. Um, when I spoke to him a couple of months ago, he mentioned how this is more of the Damien Priest that he is in real life than we've ever seen at any other point, not just in NXT, but his entire career. And he's been a part of Ring of Honor. Um, and the guy is very good in the ring. That's really never been any question. But I feel like the over-the-top brooding, uh, you know, the character he was doing before was fine, but I feel like we've seen it a million times before. I feel like the character that we're seeing now is more of himself, and it feels more natural. Uh, and I like the whole rebellious babyface, the badass babyface persona he's doing right now, so I totally agree. And I was very happy he won. He needed a big win. I mean, the guy's been a part of TakeOver now two or three times. He can never really seem to win whenever it matters most. Um, and he finally won here, which was cool to see, so I was glad to see that. Um, also on this show, what I thought may have stolen the show, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee in a match that I did not have high hopes for. We thought it would be solid, and it ended up blowing everyone away and being just an all-out great match. And my only real nitpick of it was that they have this heated rivalry, and then they start off with a fucking lockup. I hate when they do that shit. But other than that, though, this was a really good match. Cole more, or not Cole, I'm sorry, McAfee more than held his own. Adam Cole was excellent, as always, kind of carrying McAfee to a great match. But I, I think carrying might be the wrong word just because McAfee really showed some serious potential in there. And not in a way where I'm thinking, okay, you know, he was decent, he didn't embarrass himself. No, he went in there and had a great performance to the point where I feel like they should bring him back to do more matches in the future. If he's actually serious about improving and being a professional wrestler, which I'm not really sure if he is. I know he has other stuff going on right now. But I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, I thought it was seriously great stuff. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, RJ, and the fact that Adam Cole went over in decisive fashion? No, I thought this was a great match. You said probably the, my favorite match of the night. I thought McAfee held his own and excelled even farther than that. Uh, I enjoyed He's He was an athlete, so I figured he could he could go in the ring. Um, the moonsault at the top rope was like, my face was just like Adam Cole's, just in pure shock. And then the run-up jump and suplex was amazing as well. Um, no, Pat McAfee proved that he can go. I mean, I think he was good as a heel. He had the facial expressions. He was straight healing on Cole at points. And I actually really got into the match. I, I didn't. I don't think I ever thought that McAfee was going to win, but, I mean, he still did the, his role well. And for his first match, I, I mean... Rock clap. Rock clap gift for him, I mean. <laughs> Rock. Yeah, exactly. I love that gift. Did you put that up for that one? Or did you, I felt like you put it up for the WWE title match at, at SummerSlam. Is that what it was? Uh, Maybe it was the WWE title match. I'm not sure. But, I mean, that was a good match as well. But yeah. I just I just thought McAfee did amazing. And uh, if he's really interested, I, I would definitely like to come back. That backflip off the top rope followed by the leap up and, and then how we took Cole down from there it was incredible. Like, we can't see... Half of the superstars on today's roster do something like that. And then yet he can, and he's never really had a formal match before, which was incredible. Um, but yeah, this was really good. I, I loved it. I liked the fact that there was a minimal interference. I thought it would be all shenanigans bullshit, like with the guys interfering or Undisputed Era ruining it or something. No, Cole won on his own. He won with a Canadian Destroyer. Thank fucking God. Uh, the Panama City, uh, whatever he calls it. But he finally won with it. And it was so funny to me, too. He won with the move. And then literally over on Dynamite, not exactly at the same time, but like sooner on, earlier on in the episode, um, this is when I tuned out, Dustin Rhodes hit the sloppiest Canadian Destroyer I have ever fucking seen. I'm like, dude, you need to stop. And the guy's Canadian Destroyer has never been good, dude, but the one on Saturday, if you know what I'm talking about, was especially awful. I did not see it. I think I still have it on the DVR, though, so I'll pull it up right now. Oh my god, dude, it was... It was bad. Obviously, towards the end, he didn't win with it. He, I don't even know if he pinned him, but it looked sloppy as hell. I think he hits it on Ray Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken, but it looked terrible. 
Um, but we also had on the show the NXT Women's Championship defended Io Shirai Dakota Kai. Another very, very well-wrestled match. Uh, with the expected outcome, Io Shirai is still the champ. Did this meet your lofty expectations, Arjun, being a great wrestling match? No, I thought it was a good match. I thought they told a good story. Not too much interference. Um, I don't think I ever had any doubt that Io was going to not retain. So, that was a good match. I like Kyle a lot as well. And last night in NXT, they kind of teased some more down the road. But, uh, no, I thought this was a really good match. Uh, great, great title match for the women. So what does the future of the NXT Women's Championship picture look like? We had Rhea Ripley come on afterward, Raquel Gonzalez attacking EO. Um, she actually pinned Rhea on last night's episode of NXT. We still have Mercedes Martinez brooming, you know, kind of looming in the background. Um, do we get some sort of three-way with Gonzalez, Ripley, and Martinez with a winner facing uh, Shirai potentially at the next takeover for the title? Um... I don't know. I, I don't know if I see that so, so soon. I, I, if anything, I would say EO, Dakota, and then maybe one of, one of those three in a triple threat, but uh, maybe do a triple threat. I don't know. I just I don't think Kai's officially done yet either. Um, and obviously, I said Mercedes and Rhea clearly have something brewing, and then Raquel Gonzalez kind of got in there as well. So um, I'm not sure. I just I, I'm glad where the women's division is. They're still doing Tegan and Candice as well, so I, th I think the women's division strong in NXT. They're building new stars, and uh, I'm just glad. I'm happy. I, wherever it goes, I'm happy to take the ride along. Yeah, definitely. I think the overall women's division at the moment is very strong. They have Tegan Knox, Candice doing their thing in the uh, kind of in the undercard, so to speak, of the women's division. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart beating Mia Yim last night, so they got a lot of things going on at the moment, which is cool to see. Um, in the main event, we had Karrion Cross knocking off Keith Lee to become the all-new NXT champion. Of course, kind of rendered irrelevant last night when Karrion Cross vacated the championship due to injury. I think in the process, becoming the shortest reigning NXT champion ever in the history of the brand. Um, potentially, I think of any of any championship, not just only the NXT championship. I think the shortest title reign in any of any title on that show. Um, but still, it was a very good match, I thought. Some people thought it was boring. I liked it. It wasn't great by any means. It wasn't, like, amazing. But I thought it was a very good main event. Solid, well-wrestled, hard-hitting. And Cross goes over clean to become the all-new NXT champion, of course, paving the way for Keith Lee to be called up to the main roster literally the next night on SummerSlam. So, um, I thought this was good stuff. You called Cross winning. I think I said Keith Lee last week. I know he had differing predictions. You, you called Cross, right? And I said Keith? Yes, sir. Okay, so Keith Lee lost... Carrying Cross, new champion. Um, good match. Uh, did this? What were your thoughts on the main event, RJ? Was it what you wanted it to be? Were you in the underwhelming category? What were your thoughts on this? So I thought the match was good. I think a lot of people just might have been disappointed because they did like more of a big man match, but it wasn't like the Keith Lee Dijakovic matches. Like they're doing big man stuff, but also doing like ridiculous like indie spots. So I can understand what people were saying if they thought it was boring because it just was a different style of big man match. It just was more hard-hitting than doing all these ridiculous moves and dives and stuff like that. But, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought Cross came well well. I think Lee did his part as as good as he could as well. And I was glad that Cross won, and then I was upset to see that he had to, had to uh, vacate the title. I just – I think, like I said last week, if you're going to push him, push him to the moon <laughs> choking away. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breather, brother. Take a breather. All right, I'm back. So <laughs> okay. Push Don't want to die here on the show. Jesus. I know. I'm, cho I'm choking on a cheese right now. Oh, God. Uh -huh. hey, if there's anything to choke on, it might as well be a cheese. A cheese are great. Seriously, if that's the way I go, I'll be happy. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to push a guy, just push him in the moon. I, I think that's the right approach, and that's what they were going for. But injuries happen, and I think he'll come back bigger and better and stronger. But, uh, no, I really enjoyed the match. I, I didn't. I wouldn't say I put it in the boring category. I just your classic big man, like slugfest. They didn't do five, um, you know, five dives or whatever. They didn't do five swantons like the young bucks. So people complain. That's why. Basically, no. I don't think they did any dives. So that's probably that. Just that, and it wasn't in Tokyo, so it was knocking down a few stars. Did Cornette review this match yet? I think he did, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Did he like it? Um, just because I, I'm curious because he always poops in the Young Bucks matches, so I'm curious to see if he would like a match of this style or did he think it was boring? I think, I think he did lean to more of a boring. I think he just said, not that it was boring per se, but like coming off of Cole. I guess no, I'm trying to think how to say it. Like he wouldn't say it was boring, but like the 
it wasn't like it slowed down a lot from where McAfee and Cole were and EO and Kai. So it just kind of felt like out of place, I guess. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, kind of on the same. Go ahead. Pants off McAfee, though. What'd you say? They fucking loved the McAfee-Cole match, though. Oh, I'm sure they did. And that's cool, too. I'm, I'm glad they liked it, because it was a very good match. I would hate to see him poop on it, um, just because it was a celebrity or he half-assed it. The guy went in there and fucking killed it. I don't know how anyone could watch that match and be either disappointed or be upset that it wasn't amazing. Like, Cole is... The guy's an ultimate professional. The guy goes in there and steals the show literally at every friggin' takeover, this one being no exception. Um, so great stuff there. Kind of on the NXT front, as we're on it right now, we might as well discuss last night events. You mentioned the NXT championship being vacated on Wednesday by Karrion Cross. Unfortunately, injury he suffered during the match. I think a separated shoulder. Um, serious enough to keep him out on the shelf for the foreseeable future, meaning that the NXT championship has been declared vacant by the returning general manager, William Regal. Great to see him. He announced next Tuesday on a super episode, uh, super Tuesday edition of... Uh, I almost said NWA, NXT, because that's when NWA used to air. Um, NXT Fatal 4-Way Match for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, all former champions, all former uh, four of the greatest champions in NXT history. You talk about Mountain Rushmore, you got four of them right here. And not only any standard old-fashioned Fatal 4-Way Match, it's going to be contested under a 60-minute Iron Man match rules, which is unfucking believable And we've had 30-man... Um, you know, 30-minute Iron Man matches before. They literally, I just saw one the day before this on Impact between um, Jordan Grace and Deanna Brazo, which was really, really good. I know AEW did one on Dynamite earlier this year, one of the best matches in the company's history so far between Omega and Pac. That was a great match. But this is going to be 60 minutes, literally encompassing an entire hour of the show, half of the show next Tuesday. Uh, what were your thoughts on this development, RJ, and who do you see going over as the new NXT champion? So I thought it was just, when he said Fatal 4, I'm like, all right, this could be a really good match. And then he said the Iron Man match. I was like, holy shit, this could be unreal. <laughs> um, but no, I love the competitors um, with Cole, Gargano, Champa, and Finn. I think that all four guys can go. I think just it's going to be a fucking amazing match. And I'm going with Finn. I think Finn, I think you put the belt on Finn and have him run, run, or walk, run with it for a little bit and then Maybe after this title run, maybe come back in the main roster, but I, I got Finn winning here. Interesting choice, interesting choice, because I was thinking Ciampa. So we got Ciampa back on Wednesday after a two-and-a-month hiatus, uh, two um, hiatus away from NXT TV. We last saw him being decimated by carrying Cross a takeover in your house. And then he comes back as a heel last night, decimating Jake Atlas. Um, I think heel Ciampa is prime Ciampa. I enjoyed his babyface run, but, you know, he's obviously pissed off from being overlooked. He failed to win the NXT Championship. He lost to Finn Balor last year. He lost to TakeOver in your house. He lost to Johnny Gargano. The guy's a loser. He's a fucking loser. So it makes sense for him to go heel. And um, I would put the belt on him just because Adam Cole, process of elimination here, Adam Cole was literally just champion. So if anyone's going to lose, it's probably going to be him taking the fall um, as he likely gets ready for a main roster run, which may or may, may or may not be a good thing at this point after what we saw on Monday with Keith Lee, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, and then it's Johnny Gargano. Johnny never got a real run with a championship. I see people pooping in the idea of him winning the title. For me, it's the same thing as if he had won the North American championship on Saturday. People are crapping out all over that. Oh, you know, he's already a former champion. Dude, he held the belt for a fucking month. Like, for the North American belt, he held it for like two or three weeks um, on TV. The NXT Championship, he held for literally two months. We were there for when it, from when he won it to when he lost it. So, if you were to regain it, I wouldn't hate that idea. He's a heel now. I think it'd be cool. Um, he's not doing anything of note at the moment, so I think that'd be awesome. And But then it comes down to ba uh, Balor and Ciampa. Balor... You know, this kind of ties into my next question. We're getting the return of NXT UK. It was announced on Saturday. NXT UK coming back, I think, Wednesday, September 17th, if I'm not mistaken, or Thursday, September 17th. Um, obviously taping from some sort of studio in, in England. I don't know if Finn Balor can come on over because before the whole pandemic hit, he was set to challenge Walter for the NXT UK championship. What's the status of that, RJ, do you think? Do you think we still get the continuation of that rivalry? Will we see Finn Balor compete for that title soon enough on NXT UK? Um, I mean, it definitely is possible. I just don't know what the travel restrictions are, especially going across the pond. Mm -hmm. So, if anything, I would have Finn win, and then maybe they go down the line to a champion versus champion, not for the title, but just that could be a good match, him and, him and Walter. But, uh, no, I just... 
don't know. I, I wouldn't be totally against Champa winning again, but I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know. I, I would mark for a Finn win for some reason. No, I think a Finn one would be great. And uh, I've enjoyed his run so far in NXT. I talked about that last week, but um, I'm just thinking in, the, in terms of like, if they were going to do him and Walter, does that hurt his chances of becoming NXT champion? And if he loses here, does it go back to the main roster immediately? I think either way, I think all roads lead to them doing Balor and Ciampa at the next TakeOver. I mean, that would have to make the most sense, right? We've seen it on TV before, but never on a TakeOver. Um, would that be the direction that you're leading, regardless of who's champion? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where you'd go from here. I, they just kind of got lucky. I don't know if he was just ready and they are just waiting the whims, but Ciampa coming back when he did was just the perfect timing, especially with Cross getting injured and Lee. Um, leaving as well, but yeah, I, I say either Finn or Champa wins. The next kind of feud you would do is reverse each other, so it doesn't really matter who the champion is. Um, I think that's kind of the next big feud. Um, but I would, I would go more with Finn. I assume this changed their plans big time, just because if Cross was still champion right now, I assume we would have gotten Karrion Cross and Tommaso Ciampa still as a babyface for the championship in the next takeover. Maybe with Ciampa winning, who knows? Probably not. Um, he wouldn't do two short championship reigns back to back unless it was forced upon them, like the whole Keith Lee situation or the injury here with Karrion Cross. Um, but yeah, that's probably where they were going, and this might be even better. So we'll see where they go with it. I'm very excited to see. Um, also from NXT, real quick, some quick notes. Uh, Brazongo, the new NXT Tag Team Champions, knocking off Imperium on Wednesday. Good match, a nice feel good moment, but there was just, I, I feel like it was a move they had to make just because there's no real excitement in that division right now not to mention that they're likely being set up to be transitional champions for legato del fantasma that's got to be where they're going with this right i i guess so i just i don't know we both said legato del fantasma was gonna win at 30 they didn't like you said it's like a nice feel-good moment for them but i could give two fucking shits less about breezango at this point i mean i really like imperium as well so just them losing the belts to uh to Brazang or kind of left a sour taste in my mouth, but uh, I guess it's a feel good moment till they lose the belts again. But I would have just kept it on Imperium. But I guess if you're gonna do a heel take, if you're gonna have Legado del Fantasma take the belts off him, it really wouldn't make sense to have him face another heel team. But I don't know, I just don't really give a shit. It's like the Keith Lee thing, I think, where they wanted to give Keith Lee his moment, they gave Imperium his moment. They were both, I mean, Brazango's not really on a roll in the same way that Keith Lee is, but um. They put the belt on Lee just to have him drop it to Karrion Cross. I think it was better than, you know, Karrion beating Adam Cole, for example. I just don't think that would have worked as well, just with it being a heel versus heel thing. I'm glad they did what they did. The whole Brizongo thing, I could have done without it. I could have seen, I, I, I could have seen Legado del Fantasma beating Imperium for those belts, and I would not have been, you know, upset at it. So hopefully that's where they're going with this. And uh, also, too, we had the return of Austin Theory last night um, after being gone for a few months. It was, uh, you know, said that he was suspended. He was out due to the whole speaking out thing. He may have been injured, blah, blah, blah. But he's back now. We don't know why he was gone, but he's back now on NXT instead of Raw. Is this the right move to make? Um, Yeah, I think he could have used more seasoning I th just due to the pandemic and everything that happened. I think he was just rushed up the main roster. I I think we all thought it was just going to be a one-time thing, and then maybe they just said, hell, we'll just run with it, see where it goes. Kind of floundered. He didn't really have a chance, I really think, to succeed. He didn't really win much and kind of was an afterthought in all the groups that he was in. But um, sending him down to NXT, if they're all in Orlando, why, might as well just send him down there, um, continue seasoning him a little bit. I think he has a lot to uh, learn and a lot more time to blossom. But uh, nice to see him back. With, I think a nice little few with him and Bronson Reed would uh, be nice in the interim just to keep them both busy at this point. But no, I I, I liked it, seeing him back on NXT. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, I mean, he was doing well, the whole Rollins faction thing. I thought that was a good fit for him. But we said from the get-go, right before WrestleMania this year, it was way, way, way too soon to be calling this guy up. This isn't the same dude that lost a fucking... Uh, who did he, he, he lost like some random match in NXT earlier this year. I forgot to who, but we were like, are you fucking kidding me? He lost, oh, Tyler Breeze. He lost to Tyler Breeze. And then he showed up on Raw like a week later. I'm like, why would you do that? And to me, that just says, hey, Paul Heyman was a big fan of this guy. Paul Heyman's not there anymore. So he's going right back down to NXT. That's what it says to me. But I think it's a good fit, though, just because the guy's still really, really young. And he may have fizzled out quickly in the main roster. So I think it's uh, further better in the long run. 
We move on to SummerSlam from Sunday. Overall, again, I think my favorite, definitely my favorite pay-per-view of the pandemic era, even over WrestleMania 36, both nights of it. Um, this was a really good show, not a bad match in the entire show. Some were better than others, like, for example, the Apollo Crews MVP kickoff match was mediocre at best. It was good, far from bad, though. Um, you know, we had a number of good matches, though. Bailey defeating Asuka to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship before Asuka beat Sasha Banks to regain the Raw Women's Championship. So with both bouts, RJ, what were your thoughts on those, and did they make the right call in putting the Raw Women's Belt back on Asuka but keeping the SmackDown one on Bailey? Completely, 100% agree. I love the booking on that. Loved how Bailey, basically Sasha put herself on the line for Bailey to help her retain. And then I, th- I feel like, I don't know, the way that they, like, Bailey did get involved. So I don't really understand. They're like, oh, like, she didn't sacrifice herself for Bailey or for Sasha. Like, she got on the, she got on the apron and fucking Oscar knocked her off. Maybe she didn't do it the same way that she did before, but they act like she just stood there and did nothing. Like, she didn't get involved, so I thought that was kind of stupid. Like, they are trying to, like, plant seeds that weren't really there. Like, oh, like, she didn't help Sasha. Like, she did, but she didn't take the ass bump the same way. Like, she did help, but I guess, like, I understand where they're going with it. But um, I, I thought both matches were good. I thought the Sasha match versus Oscar was a lot better. I think just their chemistry is ridiculous, and I think it was definitely the best match of the ones that they've had so far. But... Definitely liked seeing Bailey take the belt back to SmackDown, and I liked that Oscar took the Raw Women's Championship back. I, I just both matches were good, and I agree with both decisions. Hundred percent. I'm glad they didn't swerve people for the sake of swerving people. Like, oh, we're gonna have her take the SmackDown title, but not the Raw title, or give her both belts, or some dumb shit like that. Now they went the simplistic route. Predictable, maybe, but sometimes the predictable thing is the right thing to do. And the main roster doesn't always do that, but they did it on Sunday, and I was very glad about that. Um, another women's action, we had Sonya Deville losing to Mandy Rose in the No DQ Loser Leaves WWE match, which started out as a hair versus hair match, which is what we thought it would be a week ago. Um, the stipulation changed on Friday's SmackDown. Sonya Deville obviously going through the whole home invasion thing right now, a whole fucking mess. Um, she needs some time off, which is for the better, probably. And, uh, you know, she's been doing great work all 2020 long. I am sad to see her go, but I'm sure she'll be back. These these firing things never actually stick, of course. So she'll be back one way or the other eventually. But I thought this was a good match, far from an instant classic, but the effort was there. I thought they made good use of the stipulation. And um, Mandy Rose, they showed some real, no pun intended, fire here um, in the end by hitting like four or five finishers on Sonya to put her away. I thought this was awesome. So um, good work by both women here. Easily the best match either woman has had in WWE up to this point. And the uh, right winner, of course, in my opinion. So uh, did this match impress you as much as it did me, RJ? Oh, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I, I texted you uh, like later on the show. I thought they started off extremely rushed. It just, I don't know. It just felt very, very rushed at first. Just, I don't know if they just were rushing spots just because they were excited or what. It just kind of seemed a little clunky off the beginning, but eventually they found their footing. Um, I understand what the whole kind of gimmick changed because they're also saying if like Sonya Cirque on a court and stuff, like her with a bald head. Doesn't really paint her in a great light. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go in a court and stuff, especially with what she's going through, you want to look your best. I don't think uh, a judge would really want to see her with a shaved, bald head. So mm-hmm. I like the stipulation. I, I think she does need time away as well. So you can kind of just put that in the storyline, even though she was doing amazing work as, as a heel on SmackDown. But no, I thought the match was definitely the best they've had in WWE. And we'll see where it goes from here. I, I, I just. I love Mandy. I just I think she still needs some work, and I don't see them. I kind of was high on her. I thought I don't know. Not that she's regressed. I just maybe the tag team with Sonya kind of hid some of her weaknesses because I don't think she really had the greatest performance. I think Sonya looked good. I think Mandy just seemed lost at points and just I agree. Just isn't at that level yet. So I hope they don't push her. I just don't think she's ready yet. But uh, definitely a good match. No, definitely. Um, no, I'm glad you said that. I thought they both put in a good performance, but Sonya of the two, I thought, had the better performance of them. Um, Sonya just feels like more of a natural in there. Mandy is absolutely lost at times. I totally agree with you. Where I totally agree with you there. The character has been better. She's improved. I think she's become a real breakout babyface. Uh, that being said, do you stay the course with Sasha and Bailey, and Sasha taking the one, being the one to take that belt off of Bailey, as opposed to Mandy Rose, who up to this point I don't think has faced Bailey one on one for that championship in the last year and a half. You can do it, but I wouldn't have Mandy win the belt. I would just 
do it. Sasha or Bailey beats her. Bailey can say she's literally beating everyone on SmackDown, and then do Sasha and Bailey. But Mandy is champion. No, thank you at this point. Yeah, no, and no, I don't want to see it right now. I think I think it's a nice filler feud before Sasha faces Bailey, probably by the end of the year, if not Royal Rumble. But um, yeah, that's what I would do. So also on this show, we had Dominic Mysterio making his in-ring debut, 15 years removed from your beloved ladder match, custody for Dominic ladder match uh, at, at SummerSlam 2005 between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Today, or on this show rather, uh, Dominic took on Seth Rollins in a street fight. And another really, really good match. I thought he looked great here. One of the longer matches on the show. And he never looked out of place. And maybe it's the fact that he's Rey Mysterio's son or he's just been training really, really hard or both. But he looked like a natural here to the point where, like, on the next night's Raw, it felt like he was a regular on the show. And I guess that's what they're kind of going for now. But it's not like, oh, he'll wrestle every couple of weeks or this was a one-off. It was an attraction match. It seems like he's going to be a regular moving forward, which is cool after how well he did here. Um, again, another contender for matching that I thought I thought this was great, and Rollins went over as he should have. Uh, what were your you know big takeaways from this match, RJ, and how well Dominic Mysterio did? No, I, I really liked this match. I was I was happy going in. I, I just brought back childhood memories of the Mysterio family. I loved Angie being there. I wonder where Leah was. Uh, oh, she could have been somewhere else, but I'm just don't want to. Just jump on those rumors. She's probably still <laughs> home. But, uh, no, I, we'll I keep that it. in the text messages. <laughs> I thought it was great. I just I enjoyed the match. I thought Dominic looked good. They put Ray in a good light. Like he, he Dominic told Ray that he didn't need his help or didn't want his help. And Ray was just they like the storytelling was amazing. Like Ron just just imagine like this dick heel just beating the shit out of your son, and you want to help him, but you gave him your word that you wouldn't. And just the storytelling alone, I just. I just ate it up, and then Angie coming out, and then oh, just good stuff. I ne- I never thought Dominic was gonna win, so the, the the result was never in doubt. But I just thought the storytelling was amazing, and just I'm glad to see Dominic on Raw. I think he looked good on Raw as well. So uh, great match and uh, great storytelling. I thought they rushed by doing the tag team match on Raw with uh, Dominic and Ray versus Seth and Murphy. That's an attraction right there. Father and son teaming up for the first time. They do it on fucking Raw a day later with no hype. Come on, dude. That was that was ridiculous. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I definitely would have discussed this as well. We thought that um, they would they would face Garza and Andrade for the belts. Obviously, they're not doing that because they didn't win on Sunday. <laughs> but, they uh, lost again. <laughs> they lost again. So uh, no, I I understand. Just it, it, it just comes back to that raw just being very fucking screwy. I don't know. We'll get to I that in a minute. <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute, but I guess it just adds to the fact that Raw was just a shit show. This is completely random, but i got to get your two cents on it, just because I, I glossed over by accident in our NXT review. But Wade Barrett's back on commentary. He's been doing commentary for the NWA the last year. Um, I guess the NWA might be dead. I'm not exactly sure. They're not running shows right now. But he was back on commentary, the former King of the Ring Nexus member, five-time Intercontinental Champion, on commentary Wednesday night. Uh, were you happy to see Wade Barrett back in NXT? It was good to see him back on NXT. I, I honestly, I don't even want to go around. I don't like Beth Phoenix at all in commentary. I'm just over it. I think she just takes away more than she adds to it. And mm-hmm. just, just get get rid of her. I'm sorry. I, I, I think, okay, she's nice, great legend, I guess you want to call her that, even though she was around the worst, probably one of the worst times for women of all time. But I just, on commentary, she just is so out of place. She just... Jumps in when she shouldn't, says the dumbest shit. I'm just like, I'm out on Beth Phoenix. But it was nice to see Wade Barrett, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of a tangent, but no, no, I, I, I agree. I like Beth. I think she's improved. Um, but uh, of the three, if you had to, if you had to ask me, oh, who would you keep, Morrow, Nigel, uh, Wade, Beth? I mean, I think the, I think Beth is the first one to go. It goes back to the fact we don't need three people on commentary. I think Wade and Vic Joseph, who I like Vic Joseph. I don't think he did the greatest job at, at uh, Takeover. Last week, I thought he did well on NXT, but we don't we don't need three people. There's no reason to call up Beth Phoenix if you already have Vic and Wade there. If you want to call up Morrow, that's great because I love Morrow. Beth ain't necessary. Uh, buy or sell though on on Beth Phoenix and Percy Watson. Who is more useless on the NXT commentary team? Um, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think I like Percy Watson more, so I'll say Beth. I just think she, at least he adds something. He is annoying, but like I don't know. I just don't think she like. She doesn't know when to talk. 
like I remember watching. I don't know what match it was. It might have been Kai and Shirai, and Molly was just like, "Is Beth Phoenix still in commentary?" And then randomly, she just jumped in and said something. I'm like, "Yep, there she is." Yeah, that's what but we like, should do. Just, we said that same. She exact just has thing. no flow. She has no flow. I was like, I was telling Alexis when we were trying to. I, I didn't know about the Morrow thing and the fact that he wasn't going to be there until like the show started. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's Vic and, and Corey, which is random, but you know, Morrow can't make it, and Corey's a part of the NXT brand, so whatever." Um, or he was originally. And then I'm like, oh, that's weird. They didn't, maybe they didn't call him Morrow because they can't get Beth and they want people there for it. And then, nope, nope, just Beth Phoenix chimes in at a random point halfway during the show. I'm like, the fuck was I just... The, the fact that you don't even know she's on commentary, clearly she's talking, but you're not paying attention to her just because she's not important. You've already been conditioned to tune her out <laughs> and it just goes to show that she's not really all that important of a factor on that commentary team, you know? Completely agree. So uh, another thing on the Dominic thing before we move on. Uh, again, another buy or sell. Who had the bigger breakout weekend, Dominic Mysterio or Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee, easily. Easily? Wow, I would say it's a little closer than that, but I would agree Pat McAfee, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just, I thought McAfee... Uh, yeah, I just think in a singles match, he just looked a lot better. Well, I think, I think an argument can be made, too, that Pat McAfee... Not a former wrestler. The guy is an athlete, but he has zero wrestling experience. Dominic's been training for a long time now. He is the son of Rey Mysterio, so to a certain extent, you would expect him to inherit some of those genes. You know, unlike a David Flair or someone like that, your favorite wrestler of all time. Um, you know, he actually has some, you know, he, he, he can pass that down to Dominic Mysterio. Pat McAfee had zero prior wrestling experience. And the guy went in there and did a fucking swanton and half of the shit that he did. At, at his size, too. Dominic Mysterio... He's a big kid, but he's also 22 years old. Pat McAfee is not a young chipper by any means. The guy's mid-30s, I think, so that, that's pretty impressive. Also from SummerSlam, we head for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre knocking off Randy Orton in kind of some surprising development here in clean fashion. I was not expecting that. Um, Drew McIntyre still the WWE Champion. Now, I know you picked Randy Orton last week, Mr. Marceau, but were you still surprised to see Drew McIntyre walk out still the champion? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I I would say I was more surprised by the finish, like the little roll-up. I, I definitely did not see that coming. I thought whoever would win would with, win with their finisher. They kind of were teasing that um, going into the, to the match. But, no, I, I thought it was a great match overall. Uh, uh, Randy Orton's had some not-so-memorable matches lately, but I, I, I would definitely throw this one on probably one of his better matches he's had in his career. So, uh, great match, interesting finish, but, uh, no, I enjoyed it. I feel like it's one of Randy's first SummerSlam matches in a while where he really went in there and delivered. I thought he had a great match here. The last match that he had with Kofi last year wasn't that great. Um, the Brock match was a disappointment a couple of years ago. But this was really, really good, and I'm glad to see the feud continuing. Um, the three punt kicks, though, I thought were completely ridiculous on Raw. I mean, one one punt kick has taken out you know some people for months, yet Drew took like three of them, and he still stood up. Like, as if nothing happened on Raw. It was just completely ridiculous, which we'll get into momentarily. We'll rant on Raw in a minute. Um, but finally, from SummerSlam, we had the Universal Championship defended Falls Count Anywhere match. The Fiend beating Braun Strowman to reclaim the gold for the second time. And also the return of one Roman Reigns. The big dog is back. Um, sporting new teeth. He's got a new, not a new look, but he, he looks good. He looks more jacked than ever before. And he was more aggressive than we've seen him in some time. So I thought this whole... You know, finale, so to speak, of uh, SummerSlam was great. The match was exactly what it needed to be. The outcome was what it should have been. And we got the return of Roman Reigns that we did not see coming, living up to the tagline of the show. So I thought this delivered all around. Yeah, I enjoyed this match as well. I think a lot of people, and myself included, was surprised that Alexa Bliss had no involvement in this. I thought she'd get involved at some point. Um, thought it was a great match, though, especially for the Fiend. He's not really known for good matches. Um, but I actually really enjoyed this one. I thought they did well. Um, the brawling around the arena was pretty neat. Um, the finish was what it was. And then Big Dog coming back and just turning heel on everyone. I loved it. Oh, my God. What is this turn to heel bullshit, RJ? I don't know. Like you said on hashtag, I, the Fiend, even though he is popular, he's definitely a heel. Uh, Braun, I would say since the fans have gone away, he, he's one of those people that needs the fans to kind of get over. So, He's kind of been a dickish, dickish lately, so I would think he's a heel. So we're really trying beating them both up. I wouldn't really say it's a heel turn, but uh, like you said, you'll eat, you'll eat your words on Friday when uh, he says he doesn't care about the Make Wish kids. So uh, we'll see. We'll see Friday night. Uh, if Roman goes full heel. I don't think it is. I think people just assume because he beat the shit out of two guys that 
turning heel. But Braun and Bray, I would say, are more heelish than they are faces, so I wouldn't say it's a heel turn. It makes me want to watch the show more than I have um, at any other point in recent months. So, yeah, I agree. It was not a heel turn, but I am anticipating the return of Roman Reigns um, on Friday's SmackDown. We had the Thunderdome, of course. It was, I think that really enhanced the show. I, I forgot to get your thoughts on this, and we talked about the Thunderdome last week. It had to have enhanced your overall enjoyment of this pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I think it was done well. Uh, I, better than banging on the fucking plexiglass. You said that as well. I, very, it's very annoying, and I just hated that since they've been doing it in the PC. Just not even making, just instead of just using your mouth or like clapping, don't bang on the glass. It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to hear that shit. Um, but no, I thought the Thunderdome was a good concept. Obviously, they have to clean some of it up, but uh, definitely thought it brought more good to the experience and took away from it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I thought it was a great atmosphere in the Thunderdome. And then, what was the other thing I wanted to bring up to you? SmackDown, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, just a great ending to the show. I thought it was a great way to close off. And then they follow that up with one of the worst episodes of Raw I've ever seen. We're going to go quickly here. i got to let you go. But in a nutshell, dude, how bad was that episode of Raw on Monday night? So, I read a report after Raw because Raw was so bad that Vince tore up the script and rewrote the show an hour before, and you can fucking tell if that's true. Mm-hmm. This show had the most illogical things of all time happened. Not one logical thing happened on that show. <laughs> fucking Drew coming out, getting punted by Randy, and just popping up like he's fucking... Hulk Hogan made no sense. Mm-hmm. Hated that. Then he came back later in the show again. Stupid. Keith Lee comes out. New music. I don't care what people say. The new music sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he had his beginning, and then they did some generic-ass thing. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then he's wearing, like, a fucking skirt now because he's He's wearing, like, these long, flowy shorts and wearing a T-shirt. I'm like, what the hell is this? It doesn't even look like, like, what the hell? They let fucking Otis not wear a shirt. He's a fat idiot. I just, I don't get that. That was stupid. Then Shayna and Nia, I don't give a shit to begin with. Then Nia cost uh, Shayna a match. They start fighting. Well, so now that they're fucking friends now, even though Shayna slapped her, now they're going to face Bailey and Sasha with a belt. It's like, I'm out on that. Don't care about that. Why the fuck would I want to see Shayna in a tag team, let alone with Nia, who I don't give a shit about? Shayna should be facing Oscar one-on-one for the title. Mm-hmm. So that was fucking stupid. The Mickey James, Lana, and Natalia shit. Who gives a fucking shit? Um, Arm wrestling competition? Yeah, everything on the show just made no sense. I did not give two shits. They get Ray and fucking Dominic, the main event, and they get broken up by Retribution. Does anyone give a fuck about this group anymore? Because I surely hell don't. Why would I care? They don't do anything. From the biggest show of the year, you would think they would get involved. They weren't even around on SummerSlam, and they made the show amazing. They were about some fucking stupid mass losers running around. Give me no, like, I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. The whole show sucked, and I just, coming off a great SummerSlam, how the fuck did Triple H or one of the producers just be like, fuck no, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. We're coming off a great show, we're not just going to ruin that, and that's what they did on, on Monday. The show literally had no positives in my mind. Dude, zero, and you also forgot to mention they gave away Orton and Keith on, uh, on Monday. Like, okay, cool, you know, a big match for Keith. Completely forgettable. Went four minutes. Keith got DQ'd after Drew attacked Orton for the third time in the show. He attacked him. He punted him three times. Keith looked like a loser. He completely disappeared. They're doing a rematch on Sunday that you now they now expect you to care about, even though they gave away the match on Raw this week. Um, they gave away the main event that was way too premature. We had three disqualification, dude. Three disqualification finishes on this show. Come on. I mean, one is bad. But, like, three? Come on, dude. Like, you can clearly tell that they rewrote the show 30 minutes before it went on the air. Uh, the 24-7 title bullshit was terrible. Um, you know, they're continuing the Andrade Angel Garza Street Profit shit. Who cares? With the fucking Bachelor chick. Whatever. Um, Raw Underground. I, I don't even really remember what happened, to be honest with you. The arm wrestling competition shit was terrible. Um, the whole show sucked. They did Asuka and Sasha again, even though Sasha did nothing to deserve a rematch. 
Um, they don't do the automatic rematches anymore, so that made no sense. And the match was completely whatever. But, yeah, this show completely sucked. I thought Keith Lee, um, it's cool to see him in the main roster, but it took literally one night <laughs> for them to ruin, not ruin the guy, but, like, give him a very underwhelming debut. One of the weaker NXT debuts I've seen in a while. And the whole music bullshit, but the whole CFO, well, we got to rewrite the CFO music. Then why the fuck, dude, would Matt Riddle, Bianca Belair, Forgotten Sons, all these NXT call-ups show up on the shows this year with the same music? That makes no that You can't tell me that's logical. It's not logical. Just WWE changing it. Vince changing it. Just a sick of changing it. <laughs> and, like, people just saying it's only entrance music. No, it's because it's not like he's debuting. It's like, oh, his entrance music sucks, but it's a big deal. He had amazing music. His music was great. Mm-hmm. Then they changed it for no reason. <laughs> it's not even like they changed it on the Royal Rumble. It's like he was in the Royal Rumble. So you're like, okay, maybe they changed the name. How bad would that moment have been if he came up with that shitty ass generic music? So bad. Mm-hmm. And the fucking attire sucks too. He looks like a fucking fifty year old maid with a skirt on. <laughs> oh my god. It's so frustrating. I fucking hated Raw. I hated Raw. I, I hated just, Raw. I, it's amazing because again they're they're capable of creating great content when they want to with SummerSlam. Then it took all of one day for them to ruin that with retribution and this raw and all this other garbage. Who the hell cares about Retribution, dude? And then we have another pay-per-view on Sunday that expect that they expect you to care about coming off of this show. Um, we're getting that tag team title match. Do Nia and Shayna take the titles on Sunday? Who gives a fuck at this point? I think they will. Probably. <laughs> I don't want to say that they will, but I think they will. Um, Bobby and Apollo for the United States Championship. Who wins? Bobby, um... I think Bobby's gonna win as well. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell how apathetic you are towards this pay per view. Um, Keith Lee Orton the rematch. Who wins? Randy Orton being clean as a sheet and they can put him in Tatum for six months. The, you know, it's it's okay though. It's not about winning and losing. It's it's about looking strong in defeat, right? Didn't that work out for Neville or no? Yeah. The fact that they came off with that such a bad run, I don't even know if I want to watch Payback. That's <laughs> And finally, Roman, Braun, and Bray. Who walks out the Universal Champion on Sunday? Roman Reigns, LOL. <laughs> Can't wait for payback, baby. Uh, it's going to be great. i got to let you go, Mr. Marceau. you got lunch to attend to, yep. which is awesome. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. We'll be back next awesome. week to review payback, assuming you watch it. But otherwise, brother, uh, thanks for joining me as always. I'll catch your ass next week. We'll see if I can make it the next week. Uh, I don't know if this round will... Make me not sleep in, in my life. Cause <laughs> so bad. But yeah, I'll see you next week. If not, wa- go watch some Suns games in the bumble uh, in the bubble, or go watch some uh, Damian Lillard games or something. I need something to cure that because that was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Adios. Enjoy lunch. See you later, man. Peace. Bye bye. Thanks to Mr. Marceau for his time. As always, we did drop the call at one point during the show. Uh, he actually lost service. We went from going on FaceTime audio to just normal, like a regular phone call. My service is shit, which is why the quality wasn't all that great there at the end. But we figured it out. Mr. Marcel was able to, you know, give me his final few minutes before he headed to lunch, which I appreciated. But he will be back here on the show, as always, next week, as we said there at the end of our conversation, to help me break down, assuming he watches it, um, Sunday's Payback Pay-Per-View. I literally forgot in the document of everything we had to talk about for this week's show, I forgot to do Payback Predictions. Like, no joke, I I completely forgot there was another fucking pay-per-view this weekend. I was too consumed with the fact that we already had a pay-per-view and everything else going on right now. We have Dynamite tonight and so much other stuff to look forward to. I was like, oh shit, there's a fucking pay-per-view this Sunday. Let's do predictions. And even though I think there's only four matches confirmed so far, I'm like, what the hell? So I squeezed those in there at the end. Uh, But we'll talk payback next week here on WrestleRant Radio. As I said at the start of the show, be sure to check out right now on DailyDDT.com my exclusive interview with former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, esteemed Scream actor, David Arquette. Could not have been a nicer guy. The video will be up at some point. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel to see that at youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. But the article in written form is up right now on dailyddt.com. 
Um, with that being said, also check out all new episodes of WrestleRant Radio right now on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place, baby. So find the show, rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. All your thoughts, subscriptions, and whatnot, support of the show is greatly appreciated. With that being said, guys, we have the month of September coming up quickly. Literally, what, I think next Tuesday? So we're ringing it September with a bang with a Tuesday edition of NXT. That's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll probably wait to record the show until Thursday just to get our thoughts on Dynamite in there as well. Sometimes we don't. Um, but, you know, between the pay-per-view, Raw, NXT, who knows? We may record the show early. The show may go up early next week. Probably not, knowing my track record. But uh, be sure to subscribe. You'll get every new episode as it's uploaded, uh, You know, as soon as it's uploaded. So be sure to subscribe on all the platforms that I mentioned. That being said, guys, have an awesome one. I'm Graham Giusa Matthews. Enjoy your wrestling-filled weekend, and we'll catch your ass down the road. Boom.